there, welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this is a bonus episode. What? Whoa, wait. It's Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And then tomorrow will be the Revenge of the 5th. Oh, no. Today, Yeah, we, we're trying something new this season. We figure let's throw in a bonus episode here and there. Keep things spicy. Yeah, we all lied to you about taking a week off. Yeah suckers today for star wars day we thought we would do a star wars theme bonus episode we are going to talk about the clone wars and we're going to talk about the prequels everyone's favorite subject when it comes to <laughs> star wars but hey we're going to tackle it guys we're going to be big kids about it yes we did this way 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 a long time ago where we went through all the star wars movies but our sound quality wasn't as good then true so we thought we would uh revisit things and and, you know just just chop it up about the prequels but also kind of add a new spin to the conversation by also kind of visiting slash revisiting all the animated stuff so the the tv show the movie that led into the tv show We're going to talk about all of it. It's going to be interesting. (laughs) So Star Wars is a big part of my life. It always has been. Probably always will be. I've played a great deal of the games. I've watched all the movies multiple times. Yeah, Star Wars, in the olden days, before Scott and I were married, you know, it was always kind of a thing where... I never really watched it because I was like, oh, I know the story. Luke is Star Wars guy and Darth Vader is his Faja and Star Wars pew pew pew. And I didn't really feel the need to explore any further than that. It's so ingrained in pop culture that I felt like I was good, but I was proven wrong. We actually hadn't kind of dived into the Star Wars world in a while. We had watched the Obi-Wan show when it came out, which was kind of underwhelming, unfortunately. But since then, we hadn't really dove into Star Wars very much at all. But doing this episode and prepping for it, we really did. And we've kind of been just like ingratiated in Star Wars lore for the past few days. Scott was playing some Xbox game last night. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2. Ah, I was I was looking at clips from the Clone Wars show uh, just to, you know, pass the time and watching uh, a couple clips from Rebels. Yeah. I haven't watched the Rebels TV show, but I've seen like the really just like the big moment where Ahsoka and uh, Anakin as Darth Vader fight. And it's like really sad <laughs> watching it. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about all that stuff. I guess the reason that we chose to go this route was because um, actually the Star Wars Clone Wars animated film that came out in 2008 is celebrating its 15 year anniversary this year. So I figured, why not? Let's 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 watch it. It's not great. (laughs) It's it's actually I I thought it was kind of fun. It's It's not great. But it it was released in August of 2008, and then the Clone Wars show started in October. So the sh- uh, the movie is essentially a backdoor pilot for the television show. 
It was directed by Dave Filoni, who we all know and love, behind many much Star Wars properties, and also directed some episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, which we've also talked about on this show. Yeah, Filoni's definitely earned a lot of street cred in the Star Wars universe. It's crazy rewatching stuff, how much like characters have grown. Like When you watch the movie, then watch the show, I think the biggest changing character is Ahsoka. Right. Because in the movie, she is very much like... The, whiny. The whiny know-it-all. Yeah. And then you get to the like last episode of season seven, and you're like, wow. She grew up, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing with, uh, with the movie. There are bad things and good things about it, but the bad things... I mean, the animation, I think, in the beginning of the Clone Wars animated world including the movie is bad it's very wooden it's very awkward they kept doing these close-ups and things on mostly ahsoka but they would just do random close-ups on characters in this movie that would be just very uncomfortable to look at because the animation is so bad and because just the facial expressions were not there like (laughs) the animation style was it's definitely different but it's jarringly different in the movie it is different, and I think it takes some getting used to it. Well, I think it also doesn't help with the movie specifically that George Lucas was an executive producer. I think just a movie as a standalone thing, I think it suffers from a lot of the same stuff that the prequels f- suffer from, mainly Phantom Menace and Clone Wars, in that the writing is bad. We don't know how to write for human beings, <laughs> and it's either generic or just not things that humans would say i don't like sand it's coarse rough and irritating and it gets everywhere well no one could say no to george at that point george was literally the god basically of the star wars universe and then one did well maybe not critically yeah clearly not but it did well so again you really still can't say no to him when he does too. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying. And like this kind of had the same thing where like it was critically panned, but it made money. So we were able, I guess, to get the Clone Wars show, which actually was able to expand the universe. I, I do like that the show, it's limited in what it can do because it's in between two major movies. And... Yeah, it it definitely seems like it's limiting, but then at the same time, they throw in little Easter eggs all over the place in the Star Wars movies that are never explained because it's all in George Lucas's crazy head. So it's like it's just like little like names here and there and planets and battles that are just thrown about. So they have a lot to work with when you think of it that way. But yeah, I think it does kind of fall into the trap of the prequels, at least the film does, and then some of the episodes too, where it's like, we're on a path, we have a plot line that we're following, but then it kind of just like skids to a stop, and we just meander with nonsense. Like, there are bottle episodes in the show. There's one in particular where Jar Jar is the main character, which let's talk about Jar Jar for a second. Before we rewatched the show, the Clone Wars show, we rewatched the first two prequels, the first of which being Phantom Menace, which is where we meet Jar Jar for the first time. And oh my God, Jar Jar will never 
be an easier pill to swallow no matter how many times you see that guy on screen <laughs> he's just so like why that's your first and only question is why <laughs> Misa, i need to be taking on this a heavy burden Misa, accept this with muy muy humility and uh jar jar I understand, like, you wanted the comic relief character. Because mm-hmm. if you take Jar Jar and you pluck him out of the movie, there's really no comedic elements in Phantom Menace. Except for a couple of snappy lines of dialogue. Right, Obi-Wan. Well, because Ewan McGregor and as Obi-Wan is very sassy, which I appreciate. So I have a feeling in George Lucas's mind was like, hey, I need some comedy for the kids... Let me get this wacky sidekick in here who just does goofy nonsense. But this is a thing about long-standing universes. How much do you placate to older fans? And how much do you placate to younger fans? Star Wars does has that issue. Wrestling has that issue. Marvel, I think, is even experiencing some of that issue. Sure. I Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like a lot of kids, when they first saw Phantom Menace, from what I've heard just from anecdotal evidence, obviously, so nothing concrete, but it seems like kids liked Jar Jar, and then when they grew up, they are like, oh, this is bad, (laughs) what the fuck is this? Yeah, well, I'm eight, nine at the time the movies came out. Right, and he's lame, funny noise. Yeah, oh my god. Misa! (laughs) But Misa and Yusa, like no. But then when you realize, yes, when you go back to it, you're like, this is bad. Yeah. This is rough to watch because he's not really funny. No. And I feel bad for Ahmed Best who did the role because he got a lot of shit for it at the time. We talked about this when we talked about the prequels before um, because him and Jake Lloyd got a lot of shit. But for either of them, I don't think it's their fault at all. I think they were a terrible comic character and a child being directed probably very poorly by George Lucas. Well, yeah. Well, look at the other movies George Lucas has done. Just, just Howard the Duck. <laughs> well, you have Howard the Duck. Which we've also reviewed. We have. So much fun. <laughs> he was behind the scenes of Indiana Jones, but he needs Steven Spielberg to make yeah, that. Yeah, he make needs some- someone to write the ship, right. You know, Which is why the original trilogy works because he's he, not directing it no it's just his story and then someone else making sense of it it's kind of similar to dan Aykroyd, where he kind of had ivan reitman sifting through all the nonsense in his scripts or his stories and like put it on the screen in a coherent way well i'm glad i'm at best has kind of come back and yeah they put him the- in mandalorian right yes and they kind of gave him a... Yeah, he played, I think... A, redemption a little bit. Uh, I think he played the rogue Jedi. Yeah, he's like just a person now, which is great. You Good know, for you, man. Yeah. You, you deserved it. Like, Jesus Christ. You, you paid your dues. You know, from all accounts on the prequels, apparently he was very... He was a great guy. He yeah. did his best, you know, work, you know, to make this work out. But, you know, it's just... It's a character that became hated, and that's kind of what happens in certain movies like this. Jake Lloyd... Is a child. It's who, really not his fault. <laughs> who was miscast? Like, well, th- speaking of Anakin being miscast, one of the biggest differences I'll say between the movies and the animated movie slash TV show would be Anakin. I think. Yes. 
So in the live action movies, he's played by Hayden Christensen. Oh God. It's, I mean, he doesn't know how to emote. The problem in the first two, he's completely whiny and just a mess and it's just not a likable character in any way, shape or form. Well, I, uh I think and you're supposed to like him because you're supposed to feel bad when he turns to the dark side. Yeah, I th- I think what Hayden does well. Oh, this should be interesting. Okay. And I've only seen like two or three other movies of Hayden's. I think what Hayden does well is he is very cold. Okay. I th- yeah. I think if you have him in a role where he gets to be cold and like distant of sure, a character, sure. he can do that very well. Great. But that's not... That's not what we need here. No. We can have a badass warrior, but we need somebody that... Because ha- he's supposed to be so madly in love with Padme. You don't feel any chemistry between Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman at all throughout any of the three prequel films. It's it's ridiculous. And th- he's supposed to have this real, like, you know, love-hate, bromance-type situation with Obi-Wan you don't really feel that either. Even in times where he's supposed to be genuinely emotive and not just like whiny, like, I want to be the best Jedi ever. When he's supposed to like feel legitimately strong, serious emotions, he's either completely deadpan or whiny. It's, it's, it's just, it doesn't connect. They're dead. Every single one of them. And not just the men. But the women and the children, too. They're like animals. And I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them. But then you get to the Clone Wars. Yes, Anakin in the animated show is voiced by Matt Lanter, who he doesn't really have much of a live action career. The only thing that I recognize sort of is uh, he played Edward Cullen in the Twilight spoof movie. Oh, God. <laughs> But um, he does a great job because he he plays the badass warrior guy in this TV show. He plays the arrogance. He plays all of that stuff up well, but he also has another side to him in his relationships with Padme and with Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. Like, you feel like he cares about them. So when bad things happen, you feel bad. It was to the point where, because we watched highlights of the animated show. We didn't watch every single episode, but throughout some of the major emotional points that we watched, you felt sympathy for him. You felt bad for Anakin to the point where when we finally got through all the animated stuff that we watched and then watched Revenge of the Sith, it didn't make Revenge of the Sith a good movie, but it made it better in that you you felt more bad. <laughs> I, you you sympathized with Anakin more. I actually, because of re-watching The Clone Wars and then re-watching Revenge of the Sith, I actually bumped Revenge of the Sith up. Did you? Yeah, I bumped it a half a star. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I think I have it at like two and a half. That's where it's going to stay. Because The Clone Wars can't save Anakin in the live action movies from just being shitty. Like, he's just bad in it. And... Revenge of the Sith is the best one out of the live action movies by far, by far, but there's still a lot wrong with that. I mean, they fuck up Padme's character completely. 
this is Anakin's high point. This is where he's turning to the dark side. You needed a real fucking like seasoned character like some guy that's gonna get into like the fucking character study of Anakin Skywalker for that to work I also said when we were thinking about like who else could have done this I was like thinking like Jake Gyllenhaal probably would have been around the right age at the time Jake Gyllenhaal would have been good I was thinking possibly like a Christian Bale or Ryan Gosling would have been good also like we needed someone who has some depth and i hate to say it but like hayden christensen depth he does not possess no he doesn't and you you didn't exactly help the guy in you know proving himself proving all of us wrong by bringing him back in the obi-wan show to stand in a cloak for fucking six episodes or however long it was yeah. like he, he didn't do anything in the fucking obi-wan show he had that one confrontation with obi-wan which doesn't make sense well it's something that doesn't make sense it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense like like the the back and forth between the i think hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor which by the way ewan mcgregor <laughs> is the best part of the prequels let's not bullshit each other okay so they actually do have chemistry. Hayden Christensen is the best in the prequels when he's with Ewan. Ewan. They have some chemistry, but even Ewan McGregor can't bring all of it out of him. He just, I don't know if it was like direction from George Lucas, like, hey, just be deadpan the whole time. I don't know if it was a directional issue or if it's just a Hayden Christensen issue. But the the verbal confrontation between Obi-Wan and Anakin in the Obi-Wan show, it's not bad. But the problem is that Hayden Christensen really doesn't have much to say. He's just like, the, the best line of that whole thing was like, oh, you didn't kill Anakin, I did. But like, that's that's it. And it's not it doesn't really require a lot of uh, deep emotion there. It's just kind of like... A gravelly Darth Vadery voice. So it, it, you know, he doesn't. I don't know how much of a chance he's gonna have to like redeem himself as a good actor in the Star Wars universe. Well, that's why it's it's always interesting because they've always there's always been a secret kind of rumbling like would they ever reboot everything after four, five, six? Which at this point that would be insane. What like reboot the prequels and in the sequels? Yeah, like just redo everything. Oh god, that sounds exhausting. It, it does, and I don't think they would do uh, no, it. No, no, because no, 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 no. that would be such a massive undertaking. That would just be yeah. No, we we've made our bed. Let's lie in it now. Let's not try to. Let's not Harry Potter this. Let's not you know. <laughs> By the way, the fact that they're doing a Harry Potter tv show now on hbo Max. i don't know how i feel about that we're off topic for a second i just as a harry potter stan i'd like to say i don't know how to feel but i'm not i don't think i'm gonna watch it it just makes me annoyed <laughs> but anyway um so yeah the i would say the animated show does a lot to improve upon anakin yes and the show lasted from 2008 to 2014. So there were six seasons in there. It's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes overall. It's it's very highly rated. Uh, they then revived the show for a 12-episode stint in 2020, which essentially is just like the lead-up and kind of overlap into Revenge of the Sith, which I liked. I We didn't watch the whole of season seven, but we watched like half of it. 
Uh, and it was uh, it was pretty dope. The, uh, the other character, though, I do want to bring up that I think definitely got help from the series mm-hmm. is Darth Maul. Oh, my God. Yes. Let's talk about fucking Darth Maul, girl. Uh, Darth Maul and Phantom Menace basically is a shark. He's a shark with a lightsaber. He's supposed to be a predator, and he's hunting down Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. In the series, he's given a chance to kind of, like, grow when he becomes fucking mechanical. <laughs> you get a backstory for him. You really see more of the sinister side of him through not just the animation itself, but, like, the voice acting from Sam Witwer as Darth Maul is like, mwah, chef's kiss. I love Sam Witwer. Kenobi. Kenobi! He has this ongoing battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi, obviously, because, you know, he cut the guy in half, so (laughs) that makes sense. But yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi also in the show is great. I feel like you see more of him as, like, the Jedi master that he is. You also get some backstory with him, particularly the fact that he had a little lady love in the past with Satine. I loved that storyline. I loved how it ended, even though it ended tragically with Satine being killed by Darth Maul. I I loved that because you just get to know more about Obi-Wan. I think Obi-Wan is really the strongest aspect of the prequels in general. I think that's why they wanted to do an Obi-Wan show. That's why everyone wanted to see that. Well, I think the thing about Obi-Wan, the issue with the Obi-Wan show, for me, you have to start worrying about what you're messing with with the originals. You don't want to fuck with that. You So how much do you have Obi-Wan explore, go around the galaxy? Like, I think a lot of people have a problem, me included, with him having any prior relationship with Leia. Like, I'm fine with him having a relationship with Bale. Perfect. Right. Makes yeah. sense. Because Leia does say that, oh, you once served my father in the Clone Wars. Doesn't mention that he rescued her from being kidnapped. No, but babe, they explained it in the last episode. Leia, don't mention that we know each other. It could be dangerous. It's so like, it, it was dumb. It was dumb. It was so underwhelming, the Obi-Wan show, just because he universally is seen as like the best part of the prequels because it's Ewan McGregor and like... He actually knows what the fuck he's doing. Oh, he's still fun to watch. As and Obi-Wan. he's so sassy. Yeah, no, he was good. He did well in the show. Like, it's just the the story that they had him doing. It was just not, it wasn't good. <laughs> so, and now he also had a fight with Vader, which makes no sense that he would walk uh, away. Yeah, it makes no sense that Vader wouldn't kill him. Or Obi-Wan wouldn't kill Vader. Right. It's just just stupid. I don't like that. But, like, you can't because they both live. So you can't kill each other. Okay. And then there really was no reason to bring Hayden Christensen back. Because most of the time he was in the Obi-Wan show, he was, like, in a tank. Or (laughs) in a fucking uh, big cloak with the helmet on. It's It was stupid. If anything, that would have been a great time to bring Ahsoka back. Well, it's funny because I do remember back when this the show came out and the movie, I remember people hated Ahsoka. Like, hated her. To the point now where you're almost... You were begging for more of her now. Yeah. Well, I think because in the beginning, 
I think they just put her as a as a foil for Anakin, which she is throughout the show. But I think in the beginning they thought, oh, well, Anakin needs a foil. Let's just make her as obnoxious and arrogant as fucking Anakin is. And that'll be good, right? Eh, well, we need to characterize her more. We need to make her more of a whole person, which we do. They have the TV show, which grows her up a lot. They also did a kind of like a short mini series on disney plus called tales of the jedi which came out last year and it has some shorts expanding on ahsoka's character as well as count dooku's but we'll talk about him in a minute yeah she started off as kind of like this scapegoated character of like ugh, god uh ahsoka but now i mean ashley Eckstein, who does the voice she had a voice role in rise of skywalker where ray was kind of looking up into the heavens and looking for the past jedi to help her and uh i i do also like when i did research that her character was inspired by princess mononoke as kind of this badass warrior bitch that you know kicks ass and takes names and such so yeah i think she's one of the best additions obviously to the tv show because she's she's a fully formed cool ass character that has a connection to Anakin and you feel the tragedy of Anakin's story slash Darth Vader's story through Ahsoka and I think there is a way that you can have Ahsoka and Hayden Christensen interact oh yeah moving forward like you can have them see each other again. oh yeah they're perfectly fine to see each other again i think that could be good in the future yes because i know they have that big fight in rebels where she realizes that oh darth vader is anakin but even after that they could potentially see each other again oh yeah now this is the other thing re-watching the series bits and pieces and re-watching the uh the prequels i think the series also helped the clone troopers slash storm troopers Yes. Oh, Captain Rex. He's the shit. I love him. Rex. Uh, there's a couple other ones who have shown up in other things. I also think their characterization in the show hurts uh, the Finn storyline. Oh, it's... Yeah, absolutely. Because when you first watch um, the prequels and you're like, oh, the troopers, they're just like nameless, void, fucking like NPCs, essentially. See, I know video game terms. You do. But yeah, you watch the TV show and you're like, oh, these clones all have like personalities and shit. And particularly I love Captain Rex because Ahsoka, when Order 66 happens, Ahsoka saves Rex and they help each other. And it's like, you know, he has a loyalty to her and it's just really like I love that relationship. The whole Order 66 thing, it really, it, it changes the vibes you get watching it. Because you see all these soldiers who have, like, put their lives on the line in the Clone Wars for the Republic and all that stuff. And it's sad. Yeah, they suddenly can't fight. Yeah, they've been totally humanized, which makes it even worse when you watch Revenge of the Sith. and Yeah, so you feel even worse for these guys. And then you're like, oh, God, what they could have done with Finn. It pisses me off. It pisses me off without even thinking about the prequels because... They set Finn up in the sequel films as like, oh, he is a child that was taken from his home and made into a stormtrooper and now he's defected and he's going to lead the revolution of the stormtroopers and now we're going to we're going to see stormtroopers as people like this is great and didn't know they didn't do anything with it. Yeah, and it's, it's so annoying. 
it's just it's such a thing like you watch and you're like wow what what could have been can we talk about my mace windu theory sure talk about your mace windu theory okay guys so here's the tea um we watched the first two prequels sam jackson is there as our man mace windu with his purple fucking lightsaber He's the shit. He killed Jango Fett by chopping off his little head. It was great. Then we watched the animated movie and Sam Jackson voices Mace Windu in the animated movie. In the show, he's replaced by T.C. Carson, who also does a great job. But we, we see our man Mace Windu throughout this whole process, right? And then we get to Revenge of the Sith. Okay, now I have a theory that I've I've had this theory before. I don't know if I talked about it when we talked about the prequels in the in the olden days, but here we go. I'm fucking bringing it up. Okay, Mace Windu is like one of the most powerful Jedi in all of the universe, and we never see his body. So he gets his hand chopped off and then flung out the window by Anakin. Oh no, by. by- fucking what's his face palpatine. fucked up face yeah palpatine gets chucked out the window and we never see his body okay you think someone somewhere would have found the guy's body he's hard to miss he's a fucking tall as fuck <laughs> black jedi bald-headed dude with one hand you think someone would have found the body but no no word of such things, as far as I know, anyway. Feel free, some Star Wars nerd, <laughs> to prove me wrong. Now, could Mace Windu be alive? I think so. Could he have an epic return to the Star Wars universe? Well, let's see. What's Star Wars now? Disney. What else is Disney? Marvel. Who's very involved in Marvel? Sam Jackson. All we need to do is just make a call across the aisle. Hey, hey, Marvel. Is Sam Jackson there? This is Star Wars. Oh, hey, buddy. We just want to know if you want to come back and be like the coolest fucking Jedi alive. We'll give you your purple lightsaber back somehow. I don't know, but we'll figure it out. You want to come back, buddy? Have you been in dead, quote unquote, in, in hiding this whole time? Were you in a coma? Is this a soap opera? I don't know. We're, we can figure it out. Well, that's the thing about like Star Wars lore, especially after Order 66. We killed all the Jedi. But we always play the thing like, oh, some ran, some hide. Fallen Order, he's a Jedi in hiding. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic takes place long after, like, Luke's dead and stuff. These are all games that have taken place afterwards, and you're like, okay, if we want a Jedi in the game, we just go, oh, they were in hiding, or, you know, they were born later, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could Mace be alive? Sure. He's technically older than Obi-Wan, so... I mean, not by much, right? Uh, uh, he doesn't look much older than Obi-Wan in the fucking... I mean, I don't know. Sam Jackson and Ewan McGregor's ages well, off the top of my skull. Well, he's, But I think we can figure it out. Well, he. I think... <laughs> if we can bring Hayden Christensen back when he looks like a 40-year-old man and last time we saw him he was in his 20s, I think we can get away with bringing fucking Sam Jackson back. I'm not saying we can't. I'm just saying I think he's supposed to be... If you do your math right, I think he's supposed to be closer to Christopher Lee's age than he is to Ewan's age. Well, that don't even seem right if you look at them all in the thing. You think Christopher Lee and Sam Jackson were the same age in fucking the Clone Wars movie? Oh, I'm just saying, technically, if you watch Legends, they are contemporaries. By the way, I did like what they did with Dooku in 
Well, in the show, what we watched of the show, they just kind of showed him as like a like a regular villain. In Tales of the Jedi, which is the short series on Disney Plus, they actually showed some of his backstory and like his path into the dark side. Particularly the episode where Qui-Gon Jinn dies and he's very affected by that because he was his master and like basically raised him from when he was a kid and it, it expands on him too. It, it added his ego. It added right, yeah. But e- even with his ego, it also added the fact that you know he was against some of the teachings of the Jedi Order and how they did things. You know, one of the Jedi was was murdered, and Sam Jackson was like, "Okay, cool. We came, got her body, and we're gonna supposed to go home." He's like, "No, we're gonna figure out why and how she was murdered." And the Jedi Order promotes Sam Jackson, but doesn't promote Dooku. Right. Well, I think. The overarching thing throughout all of the Clone Wars prequel properties is that there is an overarching vibe of like the Jedi aren't what they seem to be. The Jedi are not just this paragon of goodness and light. You know, Ahsoka saw that. That's why she left. Anakin saw that. That's why he was struggling. Even one time in season five of the animated show where they have that whole ending plot arc of Ahsoka is framed for a bunch of murders and things and she's put on trial and then Anakin does investigating finds that another Jedi is responsible they put her in front of the court and she confesses and she's like I have realized that the Jedi are warmongers and they're not what they seem to be blah 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 and even you said Scott you're like yeah she's not wrong about anything she's saying I'm like well yeah no she's not but you know she like killed people and stuff and he's like yeah no she's bad but like she's not wrong about the jedi (laughs) well the thing about the jedi and the sith they they are the two opposite sides of the coin but there is a ton in between them you can't just be perfectly good or perfectly evil and they do hint constantly during the series that the jedi are warmongers the jedi are losing favor because of this gigantic war that has been going on for years. Right. A big overarching question is like, are the Jedi working for the people or are they working for the Republic, like the politicians and whatnot? Since we're kind of like, obviously just on the subject of Star Wars in general, how how do you feel about there being more movies and Rey coming back? I know that was recently announced. Um, I think I'm fine with it. I think I I don't care what you do as long as you plan it. Yeah. Well, I think they've hopefully I should say they've learned their lesson from the sequel trilogy. We're like, we need to plan out our arcs before we fucking dive into something. But um, yeah, I I think I'm okay too with Ray coming back. I think that's great for Daisy Ridley. I think they have an opportunity to do more with her than just kind of make her a bland Mary Sue type character because really ray wasn't characterized very much in the sequel trilogy she kind of was just bland main character who like was the chosen one you know what i mean she kind of fell into the chosen one trap we're like oh you don't really need to characterize her very much because she's the chosen one that's that's her character the chosen one um but i do think it's a bummer that like because of how the sequel trilogy was handled good actors like oscar isaac and like john boyega won't come back because they were fucked over in the sequels however people i 
I think we posted about this on Instagram in our story. We're like, oh, fans are campaigning to have Adam Driver come back as Kylo Ren in the new... Mo-. Listen, I'm as, I'm as much of a Raylo fan as any other Raylo fan. That's not going to happen. If it happens, he'll be in like a flashback or something. Or he'll maybe be a Force ghost, which he should have been at the end of Rise of Skywalker anyway. He's not coming back... He's dead, first of all, but he's not coming back. No. I also He's got bigger and better things to do. <laughs> God, and I still argue you missed the opportunity to do a double switch between the two of them and the, those three movies. They really... They screwed the pooch on the sequels, let's be real. I mean, they're not all bad, but there's a lot of bad in there that we could have fixed. So going back to the prequels, rewatching them. Yes. Phantom still suffers from the political intrigue storyline that doesn't kind of make sense. Clone Wars is still kind of a mess just in general with Hayden and Padme not really having any real connection and kind of being a little creepy. Please don't look at me like that. Why not? It makes me feel uncomfortable. Sorry, milady. Gross. As much as I enjoy Clone Wars, and I do, it's actually a lot of fun, you shouldn't need a seven-season TV show to explain the flaws in two movies. Yeah. You no, sh- absolutely. You shouldn't need that. But because it does exist, it does help the third movie. It helps, but it doesn't save it. It doesn't save the trilogy, certainly, and it doesn't save even Revenge of the Sith and it's similar to how we were talking about Phantom of the Opera not too long ago where it's like it's such a glaringly obvious mistake in the Phantom Menace that we could have fixed very easily in not casting a nine-year-old boy as Anakin because you know that he has to get with Padme who's played by Natalie Portman who's at least like 15 in the movie so it's like that's just such an obvious thing that we don't need to do. And then from there, again, such a glaringly obvious thing. We're like, don't cast Hayden Christensen because A, he's not that great. And B, he has no chemistry with the fucking lady that you're supposed to. The the whole like heart of Anakin that's supposed to make you feel bad for him because it's setting up the tragedy of him turning to the dark side. So you need to make Hayden as Anakin, a sympathetic character. It doesn't mean you can't make him arrogant and a badass or whatever, or an asshole at times, but he has to have an emotional core. And it's completely lacking in his romance, which is like the big one that you're supposed to really put most of your eggs in that basket. But then even with the relationship with Obi-Wan, it's it's not fully there. Which is why they had to, in this fucking midquel show, you had to create a whole new fucking character to try to give Anakin some fucking emotional core. And you do, to be fair, but it doesn't save the trilogy because the trilogy doesn't have this character. So you're just relying on Anakin's relationship with Obi-Wan and Padme, which is very, 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 very lacking. Did I lie? And then in Revenge of the Sith, I was like on the train, right? I was on the train like, oh, no, poor Anakin. 
I was still feeling the residual effects of the Clone Wars TV show. But then we get to fucking Order 66 and he, he fucking kills a bunch of kids. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? And then Padme's just like, no, I don't believe it. And it's like, Padme, you were a badass bitch. Like, what happened to you? You just, I don't know. Oh, God, it's so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah, the killing of the kids doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. No, it doesn't at all. If anything, why wouldn't you try to turn them? Why do you have to kill them? Uh, yeah. You could very easily just turn them because they're kids and their minds are pliable. Like, you can just turn them easily to the dark side and have a little kid army if well, you want. Well, the thing about... <laughs> well, uh, okay, I'll argue only there because the rule of the dark side is there can only be two. Because the dark side tend to have a lot of infighting when there is more than two. Um, what do you mean you can have only two? Uh, Darth Maul's on the dark side. He is. But fucking, there's a bunch of people on the dark side. Yes, but technically for Sith. Oh my god! So don't make him Sith. Let's not let's not argue about semantics. I'm just saying technically, there's a thing called the rule of two. Oh the, my the, god! The, no, it's the rule of three. I thought. <laughs> no, <laughs> not no. three times on the ceiling if you want me. But it ruins it too when Padme goes on the planet to find Anakin, and Anakin's like, "Oh, you." you're listening to obi-wan obi-wan has turned you against me and it's like whoa are we trying to do a fucking love triangle now what <laughs> like anakin gets jealous because he has a dream about padme dying in childbirth and obi-wan is there comforting her so he's jealous of obi-wan like it does it doesn't make a lick of sense even if anakin is like struggling with his feelings about obi-wan and like he's jealous of him or is annoyed that he treats him like a kid or whatever the fuck you know that he's not gonna fuck padme <laughs> there's nothing to indicate that, that he would want padme so you're just like pulling stuff out of your ass and it's annoying <laughs> well and like i get it you're trying to argue like the manipulation thing like that's what george lucas wants to show is anakin is easily being manipulated right. by everybody right which is also stupid because he is at least in the show he's established as like a stronger character so like even in the show when we get to season seven and we get to the stuff leading up to revenge of the sith and order 66 and stuff there's an episode where anakin and ahsoka reunite and it's a really nice reunion scene we're like oh this is so sweet and then they go their separate ways because they have to both do separate like battles or whatever essentially anakin leaves with obi-wan to go save palpatine which we know is what happens in revenge of the sith so i'm like okay so this, we're going into revenge of the sith right now cool so he's literally leaving ahsoka and they have like a sweet moment where they say goodbye and good luck. And then he goes off to save Palpatine from Dooku and he kills Dooku and all the stuff that we know. Anakin from that episode in the Clone Wars and the Anakin we see going to rescue Palpatine. It seems like they're totally different people. Like the Clone Wars Anakin does not seem like the type of person to be manipulated so easily like he seem he seems upset by the fact that him and ahsoka aren't bffs anymore 
but he seems hopeful when he talks to her like oh we're you know maybe we're gonna be friends again you're back and then he leaves and he's just easily like in two seconds manipulated by palpatine to kill dooku and it's like that doesn't seem right well (laughs) i I don't seem right well i think george lucas tries to establish not well but he tries to establish almost in like a throwaway kind of way through a couple people's dialogue in the movies the Chancellor and Anakin have this relationship when he's sitting in the thing and he goes, oh, the council wants me to spy on you, basically. And he's like, I don't want to do that because you're my friend and you've been my friend for the past, whatever, 20 years. But because we don't see it really in the movies, it just comes off as like, oh, throwaway dialogue. So we see a little more of that in the show where they kind of have this relationship. So it would make more sense that the Chancellor, who has known Anakin since he was nine years old... Right. No, I get that. ...can manipulate him because he's, as Maul puts it, he's been groomed. I get get what you're saying. It's just, it's not... Like so many things in the Star Wars universe, it's not handled with the most grace and smoothness. (laughs) Well, again, you know you, what I mean? you're trying to fix something. That's, right. that's the that's, issue. Yeah, that's true. So you can't go back and redo it, so you're just trying to fix it to make it somehow, somewhat make at least a little sense. It's like fixing a gunshot with duct tape. Yes. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. But I think, I think as Star Wars fans, we need to kind of be aware of, okay, are we doing too much? in the like what what is the best way to go because obviously there's there's no way we're not going to get any star wars material there's you know there's no way there's going to be a sense of breathing room because there never is in these types of things with marvel there's not with star wars there's not so what do you want do you want past stories told with characters you already know and love but it with that you also risk kind of stepping on your toes a little bit and like you know, kind of fucking up certain things or having to retcon certain things or be, there being plot holes, what have you. Or do you want new stories and just expanding of the universe, like, future-wise with new characters and new people, new stories, all that good stuff? But the thing about having new stories, like, even if you want that, that needs to be supported. And Right. Do people care about that? Do people care about that? And will a studio be willing to let that grow? Right. Especially, let's say, if you do one movie and it doesn't do as well as you expect, like it doesn't make a billion dollars, will the studio be like, okay, we're willing to let this grow? Right. Because if you think about it, The Force Awakens did as well as it did because it had been so long since the Star Wars thing came out. If you look at Force Awakens now without that rose-colored glasses thing... It's it's okay, but it's not, like, amazing, you know what I mean? When it first came out, everyone thought it was, like, the fucking most amazing thing yeah. ever. And it had those new characters, but then they kind of quickly fizzled out. Like, people got sick of the new characters well, because the new pretty ca- quickly. Because they didn't let the new characters grow. Right, because they weren't handled correctly. I agree with that. So I guess the question is, would you want new characters if they were handled right, or would you rather have stories from the past but then also risk you know making yourself a big mess of a plot hole and just getting sick of like the same old shit again i can see the positives and negatives to both 
I think if I have to land on anything, I would want new, though. I, I think I would want some of both, which I think is what they're going to do. I think they're just going to throw whatever they can at the wall. And if the old stuff works, then they'll keep doing the old stuff. If the new stuff works, they'll keep doing the new stuff. They're just going to keep throwing different stuff at us and see what sticks. And I think that that's really all you can do in a situation like this. Especially in the franchise that's as big as Star Wars. Right, exactly. But um, I guess in summation, Scott, let's get a best of the Clone Wars slash prequel era and a worst of from you. Um, the series is great. For for the most part, it is really great. There are some bad episodes like the Jar Jar C-3PO-led Heroes episode. Oh my god. D- dude, the animation in that one, it was like a season one episode, so they didn't really... They hadn't fixed the animation yet. Jar Jar's so, wearing a tie. Jar Jar in that episode... What episode is that? I gotta find it, and you just have to watch it for yourself. It's literally... Yeah, it's season one, episode eight. The episode's called Bomb Bad Jedi, so you know we're in a good spot. Yeah, it's like literally this like one of the worst rated episodes of Clone Wars and it's just the dumbest thing and Jar Jar, you think Jar Jar looks terrifying in Phantom Menace? No, no, no. He looks even more terrifying in this fucking episode. It's wild. Of course Jar Jar's a, a a negative a lot of the trade stuff in Phantom Menace is kind is rough. Of course the effects are kind of rough all around because of the time frame of 1999 to whatever 2004. They're rough to watch and look at it sometimes, but you also have, you have some great moments. Ahsoka's storyline is great. The clone storyline is great in the series. Duel of the Fates, still amazing. The Battle of Mustafar, still amazing. Like, there's so much stuff that you can be like, even if you don't like certain aspects, there's still some great things you can pull out of these movies. And you know what? You can still have fun. I love all the stupid TikToks of uh, a random thing lighting on fire and, like, Obi-Wan yelling at the thing, like, You were the chosen one! It was said that you would destroy this and not join them! Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness! There's equal amounts of bad as there is good. It is a very mixed bag, the prequels, and you could just... I think there's more bad than good in the prequels. I I think you can easily... Let's say it's 60-40, 60 bad, 40 good. It's just, it's all, you throw it all in the bag and you pull out what you like and you pull out what you don't. Just kind of how these three movies go. Yeah, I would agree with that maybe, sort of. I, I think... By far the best aspect of the Clone Wars slash prequel era of Star Wars is the depiction of Anakin in the Clone Wars TV show. Because while I do love Ahsoka and I think she is like the best solo act that came out of that whole era because she is a new character that is now really beloved and has is really just caught on and got a life of her own now in this new show that's coming and I I think that's really great and I hope it does well but I think the reason why Anakin's depiction in the Clone Wars TV show is the best aspect of this era of Star Wars is because it takes a character that in the movies was so low it was just completely underdeveloped completely underacted 
just not doing what needed to be done which is making us fall in love with this character to the point where when he turns to the dark side and goes down that path we are just devastated that's what we needed and we didn't get that with the movies with the animated tv show we were able to get to know anakin on a level where we needed him to be throughout the movies if the anakin that was presented in the tv show was present in the movies they would have been a lot better yes the effects would have still been bad and the writing probably still would have been rough but you know what we would have had a character that we could sink our teeth into at least somewhat and it would have done leagues better because we had Anakin in the Clone Wars TV show now when we look back at the prequels with that information in mind we can at least see what could have been and in Revenge of the Sith we get a glimpse of where he's at at that moment when he is turning to the dark side so I think it it, it doesn't save it like I've been saying it doesn't save the prequels it doesn't save live action Anakin but it it helps in a substantial way and I think that's the best that we could ask for at this point you know what I mean um the worst I would say is just I'm tempted to say the casting of Jake Lloyd but I don't want it to sound like I'm blaming Jake Lloyd I I feel like the blame lays squarely on George Lucas's shoulders because not only was young Anakin written badly but he was casted incorrectly you shouldn't have casted a nine-year-old to play this character who... Probably should have been like 13, 14. Yes, and he was supposed to be from what I understand. But yeah, I don't know why they chose what they did. But George Lucas really, he was, like I said, was supposed to present us this emotional core of a character so that when he turns, it's emotionally devastating for us as the audience. And from the word go in Phantom Menace we didn't get that we got a kid who was written terribly and had no real chemistry or connection with any other character on screen so we were just starting off on a bad foot and then yeah it only got worse with Hayden's casting because again we got someone who had no chemistry with really anyone on screen except slightly with Obi-Wan Kenobi but even that couldn't save it so I I feel like on both sides of the coin Anakin as a character is both the best and the worst aspects of the Clone Wars prequel era of Star Wars which I feel like most people would agree with in one way or another when we say the real villain is George Lucas Oh, he's the real Sith Lord. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, I'm glad that we kind of dipped our toe back into the Star Wars pool for Star Wars Day. Indeed. It's been so long uh, since we've talked about Star Wars. And I, you know, I, I always enjoy doing it. It's fun to get back in that world. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So next week we are back to our regularly scheduled program with a disney movie yeah Yeah. bitch we're back to disney um and don't worry it's not star wars because remember star wars is disney now so we have to clarify yes um so yes next week we will be back to the disney way but until then this has been shoot the flick i'm frankie sparks and i'm scott skywalker oh no thank you for joining us for our bonus episode hopefully we can do another one of these soon 
Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our foxy sharp shooting movie adventure. May the force be with you. Ah, and also with you. <laughs> Never should be in me. We took it home! Come on, R2.